A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. Today, we listen to the poetry of outer space. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zanian. Do you need a good professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tom Reads Your Story. I'm Tom Zania, uh, an actor, a voice actor, uh, and now a podcaster, bringing you the spoken word every week. And also, uh, it's the number one uh, spoken word podcast in America. You know who said that? Nobody. Nobody said that. I said that. And I hope you come around. And listen to what I have to offer you. Um, Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about my uh, interest and involvement in all things space. I think I've probably been into space since the moon landing, the first moon landing, which I watched as a 10-year-old child in in the basement of our Woodward Street home. Uh, watching Neil Armstrong uh, step onto the moon. And uh, I was interested then, and I still am. Uh, I've recorded a number of things about space, space space-related things. Um, I have recorded uh, things by Carl Sagan. uh, And... um, a number of other people. I'm going to read a handful of poems by some poets you may have heard of. And uh, I want to start things out with um, something you've heard of, and then we'll just keep going from there. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.
Dot. Carl Sagan, 1994. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner how frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. See that star? It might not be there anymore. It might be gone by now, exploded or something. Its light is still crossing space, 
just reaching our eyes now. But we don't see it as it is. We see it as it was. Many people experience a stirring sense of wonder when they first confront this simple truth. Why? Why should it be so compelling? The immense distances to the stars and the galaxies means we see everything in the past, some as they were before the Earth came to be. Telescopes are time machines. Long ago, when an early galaxy began to pour light out into the surrounding darkness, no witness could have known that billions of years later, some remote clumps of rock and metal, ice and organic molecules, would fall together to form a place that we call Earth. And surely, nobody could have imagined that life would arise and thinking beings evolve who would one day capture a fraction of that light and would try to puzzle out what sent it on its way. We can recognize here a shortcoming, in some circumstances serious, in our ability to understand the world. Characteristically, willy-nilly, we seem compelled to project our own nature onto nature. Man, in his arrogance, thinks himself a great work worthy of the interposition of a deity, Darwin wrote in his notebook, more humble and, I think, truer to consider himself created from animals. We're Johnny-come-latelys. We live in the cosmic boondocks. We emerged from microbes and muck. Apes are our cousins. Our thoughts are not entirely our own. And on top of that, we're making a mess of our planet and becoming a danger to ourselves. The trapdoor beneath our feet swings open. We find ourselves in bottomless freefall. We are lost in a great darkness and there is nobody to send out a search party. Given so harsh a reality, of course, we are inclined to shut our eyes and pretend that we are safe and snug at home, that the fall is only a bad dream. If it takes a little myth and ritual to get us through a night that seems endless, who among us cannot sympathize and understand? We long to be here for a purpose, even though, despite such self-deception, None is evident. The significance of our lives and our fragile planet is then determined by our own wisdom and courage. We are the custodians of life's meaning. We long for parents to care for us, to forgive us of our errors, to save us from our childish mistakes. But knowledge is preferable to ignorance. Better by far to embrace the harsh reality than a reassuring fable. Modern science has been a voyage into the unknown, with a lesson in humility waiting at every stop. Our common sense intuitions can be mistaken. Our preferences don't count. We do not live in a privileged reference frame. If we crave some cosmic purpose, then let us find ourselves a worthy goal. My Vacation by Neil Armstrong Nine summers ago, I went for a visit to see if the moon was green G's. When we arrived, people on Earth asked, Is it? We answered, 
No cheese, no bees, no trees. There were rocks and hills and a remarkable view of the beautiful earth that you know. It's a nice place to visit, and I'm certain that you will enjoy it when you get to go. The Galaxy by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Torrent of light and river of the air, along whose bed the glimmering stars are seen, like gold and silver sands in some ravine, where mountain streams have left their channels bare, the Spaniard sees in thee the pathway where his patron saint descended in the sheen of his celestial armor on serene and quiet nights when all the heavens were fair. Not this I see, nor yet the ancient fable of Phaeton's wild course that scorched the skies where'er the hoofs of his hot coursers trod, but the white drift of worlds over chasms of sable the stardust that is whirled aloft and flies from the invisible chariot wheels of God. The Meteor by Hannah Flagg Gould Ye who look with wandering eye, tell me what in me ye find as I shoot across the sky, but an emblem of your kind. Maker of Heaven and Earth, All Things Bright and Beautiful By Cecil Francis Alexander All things bright and beautiful, All creatures great and small, All things wise and wonderful, The Lord God made them all. Each little flower that opens, Each little bird that sings, He made their glowing colors, He made their tiny wings. The Comet by Oliver Wendell Holmes, Sr. The Comet, he is on his way, and singing as he flies, the whizzing planets shrink before the specter of the skies. Ah, well, may regal orbs burn blue, and satellites turn pale, ten million cubic miles of head, ten billion leagues of tail. Big Dipper by Hannah Conkling The Big Dipper spilled stars down over the roofs. I felt the way the wind whirled stars over the town roofs. I felt the town asleep. I felt people there in the great crisp dark when morning came in a waver of light. There was a breath of change. All the dreams going away from the dreamers as dreams do go away in the morning. The Milky Way by Annette Wynne Once there was a little dream that mounted to the sky. It rode upon a water beam and climbed the star way high. The Milky Way by Anonymous Evening has come and across the skies, out through the darkness that quivering dies, beautiful, broad, and white, 
fashioned of many a silver ray, stolen out of the ruins of the day, grows the pale bridge of the Milky Way, built by the architect Knight. The Milky Way by Hilda Conkling Down the high road of the Milky Way we go riding on horses made of stars. The clouds flit like white butterflies. We are dry. We do not know it is raining upon earth. Roses of opal and pearl sway back and forth in the musical wind. Pine trees like emeralds hang. A pheasant's wing like a fan is spread. White mountain peaks gleam. Purple and silver is the sunrise. Quiet lakes shine along the Milky Way Like mirrors you hang on cottage walls When I am asleep This is what I shall dream Things can never really go They come again and stay When your thoughts are put on beautiful things They come alive and stay alive In your mind and, of course, poems about space are about our wonderment of space, what it's all about, um, what it's like to go through space. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Read Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we're always looking for new ones. Thanks, Anchor.fm, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Until next week, take care, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www tomzvoices.weebly.com We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.